0: Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
1: The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever
0: you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details.
2: Hey, it's Jenny. We're currently gearing up for a brand new season of Womanica. Until then, we're bringing you our favorite episodes featuring villains, troublemakers, magic, and mystery in honor of October. Now, onto the episode. Before we get started, just a warning that this episode contains some mentions of violence. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. All month, we've been highlighting our favorite episodes featuring villains, troublemakers, magic, and mystery. This episode originally aired in our Troublemakers Month in October 2021. Today we're talking about a woman who was thought to be a bright and promising nurse. That is, until her crimes caught up
1: to her. Let's talk about Jolly Jane Toppin. Jane was born Honora Nora Kelly in Boston around 1857. She was the youngest of three daughters born to two Irish immigrants. Nora's mother died of tuberculosis when Nora was just a few years old. Nora's father was abusive and was prone to periods of heavy drinking. By 1860, Nora and one of her sisters were sent to Boston Female Asylum. There was little to no state support for children at that point, so it was the closest thing available akin to an orphanage. Nora left at the age of eight to work as an indentured servant to a widow named Anne Toppin. It was at the Toppin house that Nora became Jane, Anne disliked the Irish, so she changed the Irish honora to Jane and told all guests that Jane was Italian. She raised Jane alongside her daughter, Elizabeth, but never officially adopted Jane. As a member of the Toppen family, Jane attended school. She didn't make many friends. She often lied and told on her classmates, despite the fact that she herself was suspected of petty theft and spreading gossip about kids she didn't like. On her 18th birthday, Jane was freed from her indentured servitude and was given $50. Still, she remained a worker in the Toppen house for another decade. Anne passed away in the 1870s, and Elizabeth was married a few years later. According to some sources, Jane may have been engaged at one point, but her fiancé left her for someone else. In 1887, in her early 30s, Jane decided to embark on a career— She enrolled at the nursing school at Cambridge Hospital. She worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week. She presented herself to other nurses and patients with a kind and vibrant disposition. It was there that she earned the nickname, Jolly Jane. But Jane was heading down a dark path. Years later, investigators would uncover that Jane's fascination with murder began during her years in nursing school. She may have deliberately falsified records, and in some cases, even distributed incorrect medication to her favorite patients in order to make them stay longer at the hospital. She dosed patients with just enough poison to harm them and then nursed them back to health. An alarming number of elderly patients died in her care. By her own count, she may have killed up to a dozen people by poison. By the time she finished her training, Jane was on her way to securing a job at the Massachusetts General Hospital but her time there was cut short after she was suspected of petty robbery and negligence. When she left, she did so without a nursing license. Still, over the next eight years, Jane became one of the most successful private nurses in Boston, all while continuing to commit murder. Jane killed patients and she also killed others, sometimes for personal reasons. In 1899, she went on holiday and invited her foster sister Elizabeth to join her in a small cottage. Elizabeth died of a mysterious apoplectic stroke caused by Jane's poison a few days later. Jane also killed for her own gain. In 1900, a friend of hers named Myra suddenly died of peritonitis. At the funeral... Jane proudly told others she owed it to Myra to take over her job, which included an apartment and a regular paycheck. Jane quickly lost the job and returned to the small cottage she'd vacationed in after killing Elizabeth. When Jane didn't have the money to pay for rent, she poisoned the landlord's wife. Then, Jane moved in with the now-widowed and elderly landlord, Alden Davis, to care for him. Within weeks, he was dead, along with his sister and two of his daughters. The death of an entire family in the span of a month was notable enough to alert authorities. The remaining members of the Davis family ordered a toxicology report, and by October 29, 1901, Jane was arrested for murder. Jane's arrest caused a media frenzy. She was a rare case, a female serial killer. Soon, papers started analyzing her, from her breakfast habits to her time at Boston Female Asylum. After her trial, the New York Journal published what they called Jane's confession, though it's unconfirmed whether or not she wrote it. In and out of court, Jane's sanity became the subject of conversation. She insisted on her sanity, saying she could not be insane because she knew while committing the murders that they were wrong. Nevertheless, on June 23, 1902, Jane was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was committed for life in the Taunton Insane Hospital. Though she was a favorite patient at the beginning of her stay, Jane soon grew paranoid. Ironically, it's said she refused to eat food because she thought it was poisoned. Jane passed away in 1938, at the age of 81. That's it for our
2: favorite episodes featuring villainy, magic, and mystery. Tune in tomorrow for the first episode of our new theme, Peace Builders, women whose creativity and insight helped make peace around the world. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow. Looking for hair removal tools that
0: not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control?